Welcome to today's Radio Church on 4CRM Mackay 107.5 FM. My name is Jeff Grant. I'm the pastor of the Serena Uniting Church. This morning I want to share with you another encouraging worship service of music, of prayer and the Word of God. May God the Father, the Son and the Holy Spirit bless you as you worship with us today. In Psalm 118 it says, Give thanks to the Lord because he is good, and his love is eternal. It is better to trust in the Lord than to trust on man, to depend on man. It is better to trust in the Lord than to depend on human leaders. This is the day of the Lord's victory. Let us be happy. Let us celebrate. Give thanks to the Lord because he is good, and his love is eternal. God's Holy Bible tells us, For Christ died for sins once for all to bring us to God. Beloved, our sins are forgiven through faith in Jesus Christ, our Saviour. We have for you now a song of praise, the power and the glory of your name, from Jeff Bullock. You're listening to Radio Church Broadcast on 4CRM 107.5 FM in Mackay. Our message today I've entitled, Why Should We Believe? One of the most important questions we ask ourselves at stages during our life is, is there a God? Um, other questions we sometimes ask is, where on earth did I come from? And what what's going to happen to me after I die? Is there life after death? I want to share with you the biblical answers to the most important question, is there a God? Now, the true answer to this question will certainly make clear the answers to not only the other two, but virtually every question you could possibly have about the meaning of life and what it's all about. Our text today is from the book of Hebrews, uh, chapter 1 and verses 1 to 5. God, after he spoke long ago to the fathers in the prophets, in many portions and in many ways, in these last days has spoken to us in his Son, whom he appointed heir of all things through whom also he made the world. And he is the radiance of his glory and the exact representation of his nature and upholds all things by the word of his power. When he had made purification of sins, he sat down at the right hand of the majesty on high, having become as much better than the angels as he has inherited a more excellent name than they. May the Lord bless the reading of his word. The writer to the Hebrews begins his letter by telling us the three reasons that we should believe in God, specifically the God of the Bible. So the first point here in verse 1 is God speaks to us in the Holy Bible. That's an absolute proof of his existence. The Hebrew writer states that God spoke through his chosen prophets who then recorded his messages. God speaks to us today, you and I, through the Bible. In fact, God was constantly speaking to individuals and to the nation of Israel throughout the whole of the Old Testament. He spoke directly to the patriarchs like Abraham, Isaac, Jacob, and then to leaders like Moses and Joshua. But later on in the Old Testament, he spoke mainly through his prophets, Elijah, Elisha, and there were many others, Jonah, Elijah, Jeremiah, he caused all these contacts and all these visits to be recorded. 
So we have the biblical record of God's many appearances and contact with people right through the ages. The Hebrew Bible, and later on the New Testament, is God's written message to all people. It tells us of man's nature, what we're like, uh, our moral condition, and also about God's nature, his holiness, his goodness, his love. And it tells about the God's creation and then his plan and purpose uh, for the whole world. The Bible is absolutely unique in its statements also about man's sinfulness and his separation from holy God. God made man perfect, but man sinned, and he was cut off from God because of his sin. Uh, you know, you, you and I both know the daily news cycle reports on man's sinfulness. Every, every night on the TV or during the day on the radio, we hear the terrible things people do to each other. Uh, the news cycle talks about man as a sinner, but never says that. But the Holy Bible does. It's honest. It tells that man was created perfect, but sin has caused all the trouble in the world we know so well today. The Bible is not a book of history. It's, it's a record of God's revelation uh, to us and to his dealing with people. Uh, it was written over a period of one and a half thousand years. Um, 1,500 years, and that's 6,000 generations uh, if there are four generations each century. It was written by 40 different authors in three different languages and on three separate continents, Asia, Africa and Europe. It is extraordinarily consistent in its theme. The Bible's theme is that God made the world and has been overseeing it and the human race, that includes you and me, ever since. And God speaks today to anyone who listen, who will listen and believe what the Bible says. The Bible will prove, as you read it, that God is real. Millions of people read the Bible every day. Millions of people have found great comfort. Millions of people have turned from a life of desperation and grief and, and confusion to a life of faith and confidence and joy. I remember when I first read the Bible um, over 50 years ago, I, I became convinced, I know this is subjective, but I was convinced that God loved me. And that's part of the reason I became a Christian. The purpose of the Bible is to present the truths all about God, his nature, his plans and his actions, so that all mankind will believe in him and give him the worship and trust that God alone is due. The theme of the Bible is uh, often mentioned throughout in Habakkuk 2.14, Isaiah 11.9. The theme is that the earth shall be filled with the knowledge of the glory of the Lord as the waters cover the sea. That is to say that men, women and young people will come to put their faith in Jesus Christ, God's Son, who he sent to the earth, and that God's glory will spread from person to person, just like COVID-19 spreads, that will, uh, one person will infect another and they'll infect another with the truth of God's word, that God loves us. He sent his son to die for us. The New Testament, we've talked about the Old Testament, the New Testament records the life of Christ and the beginning of the Christian church. There are four gospels, then there's the book of Acts, which records the spread of uh, the gospel from uh, uh, Jerusalem, Israel, right through to Rome, the capital of the empire at that time. 
In his gospel, the Apostle John records that these words are written, so John says, so that the reader might believe that Jesus Christ is the Son of God. Now that in believing, you might have eternal life through his name. God wants us to believe in him, and he has given us the Bible. This unique book, revered by millions of people for many centuries, has been the reason many believe in the God of the Bible. You can become a true believer. It comes down to a simple decision. Just give the Bible a go. There's nothing to lose, and there is eternity to gain. Start to read the New Testament, and you too may discover that God not only exists, but he loves you, and he wants to be your king. We're going to pause now for some more music. Uh, Jeff Bullock again, for the second time. What the Lord has done in me. You're listening to Radio Church on 4CRM Mackay, 107.5 FM. My name is Pastor Jeff Grant from the Uniting Church in Serena, and uh, this is a message entitled, Why Should We Believe? Uh, we've just read the first part that says that we should believe in God because he's given us the Bible. And the second part of this message from Hebrews chapter 1 is that uh, God speaks to us through his creation. The Bible says that the creation around us is the visible proof of God. Our text in Hebrews says, God made the world through his Son, and he upholds all things by the word of his power. Christ not only made the world, the Bible says, but he keeps it going. Psalm 33 says, He, that is God, merely spoke, and the heavens were formed, and all the galaxies of stars. The Bible says the earth and the whole universe are God's creation and are under his ongoing management. Now it's true. Some theologians even believe in the theory of evolution, as well as most of the world's scientists. Uh, they believe, these theologians, that God used evolution to make all the creation. But that idea overlooks the whole question of what was there in the beginning. How could all matter that we know, the massive amounts of matter in the universe, come out of nothing? Logically, that's impossible, except unless someone or something that is God the divine made it happen. Dear ones, there are just so many indicators in the universe above us and the world below us and in the, even in the microscopic world all around us, the indicators of God's love and his wisdom as he planned this creation we all enjoy. The location of the earth is just the right tilt on its axis and its position from the sun. Any closer, we'd be freezing any further, or rather we'd be burning up any further away, we'd be freezing. The mighty gas giants, Jupiter and Saturn, Uranus, Uranus and Neptune, uh, they absorb lots of the debris racing about our solar system. The, the uh, comets and asteroids, I remember seeing um, a video years ago of a comet in four or five pieces, uh, like, a, like a, a stream of bullets crashing into Jupiter. Those pieces of debris didn't crash into the Earth. Our solar system has been created in a way that protects this Earth. Our single moon, which governs our tides and influences the ecology and even animal life on the Earth, is a marvellous thing. Earth could not exist without the moon. Its, its very presence guarantees the stability of our seasons, the abundance of food and water and minerals 
we have access to uh, and the marbles of the human body these are all other parts of the of the creation which point to the wonderful work of God all part of his wisdom which points to his character and his goodness beloved we have a world which sustains life abundantly it's mankind unfortunately that has damaged it and mangled it but science scientists are uncovering truth every day and they all point to a master desire almighty god when i was a teenager i wasn't a christian then that happened later um, i was absolutely puzzled and confused about the universe i couldn't work out whether it was just um, it filled everything there was just no place in existence where the universe wasn't there or whether the universe was just a big blob of matter floating in a sea of nothing and the more i thought about it, the bigger the headache i got and in the end i gave up thinking about it because it was too big a question because back in the 1950s and 60s and even earlier uh, most scientists and physicists and astronomers they believed that the universe was fixed it was it was unchanging uh, but when the hubbard a Hubble rather space telescope was launched and other scientists began to investigate further it's now common belief that the universe is expanding the Big Bang theory is now so widespread that virtually everyone takes it for granted the Big Bang theory that all creation began in a split nanosecond even even more sudden than that and when there was nothing absolutely nothing in existence anywhere suddenly the universe sprang to life I find that inco personally incomprehensible that uh, that could happen but uh, it's much easier to believe that Almighty God merely spoke and the heavens were formed God says in the Bible that he will judge people who claim they don't know he's there the Apostle Paul wrote to the early Christians in his letter to the Romans and stated in the first chapter of his letter this is what he said God's invisible attributes his eternal power and divine nature are clearly seen in his creation in what he has made and so that they who believe who denies God who deny God's existence are totally without excuse the beloved beloved listen to this the Bible says look up and around you and see only an arrogant fool would claim authoritatively that it all came about by chance or accident you see God has given all people everywhere in his creation the indisputable proof of his existence his goodness his love his authority and his power and God has designed his wonderful creation so that all people would realize his existence and seek after him that's what the Apostle Paul said to the uh, people in Athens who are searching, searching for an unknown God and Paul said the unknown God he, he created all of this it's possible to seek him and to find him ask yourself does the world around me point to a creator who loves me think about that I'm going to pause now and listen to Nicole Danolo. she's going to sing It Only Takes a Spark we're back again with Radio Church on 4CRM, Mackay, 107.5 FM. We just heard Nicole Danola singing, It Only Takes a Spark. I'm bringing you a message I've entitled, Why Should We Believe? And the Bible's given us two reasons so far. We should believe because 
he's given us this wonderful book, the Bible, to point us to God. We should believe in God because the creation around us points to a master planner. And finally, in this passage from Hebrews chapter 1, we read that we should believe because God speaks to us today through his Son. Jesus Christ is the ultimate proof of the existence of God. He's an historical figure. No further proof is needed about that than the fact that our calendars are traced from his birth. There are so many ancient manuscripts, uh, that is, handwritten documents, for the birth, the life, the death, and the resurrection of Christ than for any other ancient historical person. When I went to school, I actually studied the writings of Julius Caesar, Caesar's Gallic Wars. At the time I was there, there were only five manuscripts, five manuscripts of Caesar's Gallic Wars in existence. They may have found some others since then, written in Latin. But the manuscripts for the New Testament, written in Greek about the life of Christ, are in the thousands. Some of them even going back to the first century. The existence of the worldwide Christian church is founded on the life, teachings, death and resurrection of Jesus Christ. He is the most significant person ever to live on the earth. No one else comes close to him in terms of influence and authority and grace and loving sacrifice. He cannot be categorized virtually in any other way except to say he is God the Son. You, you can't say he was a good writer because he claimed to be God. You could say he was a fool or a lunatic uh, because who else would claim they're God? There's still people today who claim they're Jesus Christ and they're, they're God. But Jesus was none of those, nor was he a liar or a charlatan, because everything he said about himself has come true. He's the most significant person, as I just said. He is God come to earth, born as a human baby, proclaimed by the angels, by the shepherds, by the wise men, by the prophets, there's the gospel writers, there's the apostles. They all point to him as the Messiah the one that was foretold in the ancient writings of Israel, the one who would deliver Israel from their sins, but not only Israel, but deliver all people in the whole world from their sins because, because he, Jesus, is the bearer of our sins. In our text from Hebrews 1, it says, after he had made purification for sin by dying on the cross, being buried and being raised from the dead, he then sat down on the right hand of the majesty on high, on the right hand of God the Father, where he rules and reigns now until he comes again and takes all who believe with him into his heavenly kingdom. It says here in Hebrews 1, he also is much better than the angels. He's far more than an angel. He certainly was a human being. In fact, the Bible says in all four Gospels, that Jesus Christ was in every way a human being, with human attributes, personality, traits. He was tired, he was hungry, uh, he got angry with the Pharisees and some of the Jewish leaders. He wept at Lazarus's funeral. The Bible also says that Jesus was moved by compassion towards people who had diseases and afflictions and were crippled, blind and lame and deaf and dumb. He was far more than just a man. He is the divine God who made the universe. 
it says in the Bible that he calmed the storm. He made wine out of water. He, he fed thousands of people at once. He raised the dead. He's a, both a human in perfect form and he's God come to earth. He made the universe, as I said, and will be the eternal judge of all people. Jesus Christ is not someone anyone can ignore. In fact, he's the most dangerous man who ever lived because he forces us to make a decision. We either believe in him wholeheartedly and receive him as Lord and Saviour and King over us, or we reject him as a madman or a charlatan or just someone that's not worth thinking about. That's why he's dangerous. We've got to make a choice. You can't ignore him. Beloved, our very eternity depends on whether we accept him as he is or reject him. There's no middle ground here. He claimed to be the source of eternal life and the only way to be reconciled to the holy God and welcomed into his heaven. Jesus said, I am the way and the truth and the life. No one comes to the Father but by me. Heaven is the destination for all who put their trust in the God of the Bible and his son Jesus. God sent his only son into the world that we might see God demonstrated in a man, a perfect man, and we would want to know this wonderful God for ourselves. I want to tell you the story about Lew Wallace. Lew Wallace was an American. He was a general in the Civil War on the northern side. He was appointed, uh, he tried a bit of uh, politics. He was appointed governor of Arizona. He even met Billy the Kid and gave him a pardon. And he had an extraordinary experience once while he was travelling on a train. He met an atheist named Ingersoll. And this man, Ingersoll, was passionate about denouncing Christianity. And so Lou, Lou, Lou Wallace decided he would investigate for himself. He'd look at all the evidence and uh, he would decide whether he believed or not. Well, after he looked at all the evidence, he did believe. He became a Christian. And Lou Wallace may have faded from history, except he wrote a book. Um, it was one of the most popular books ever in America. The book is called Ben-Hur, A Story of the Christ. One of the most successful movies ever made with 11 Academy Awards. Hasn't been surpassed so far. Equal, but not surpassed. Nothing is bigger than Ben-Hur. Lou Wallace examined all the evidence for Christ and he became a believer. Notice in our text here in Hebrews chapter 1 that God does not say that proof for his existence is the church or angels or anything else in heaven above. He says there are three key demonstrations and they are the Bible, the creation we can see and Jesus Christ the Son of God. They are the three indisputable proofs for believing in God. He wants you to believe in him and to know him. And he's given us these proofs to make it easy for you to believe. May God bless you as you believe in Jesus and receive him as Lord and Saviour and have eternal life. Amen. We're going to have another song right now. Here is David Wesley singing all four parts of this song, You Rescued Me. You've been listening today to a sermon from me, Pastor Jeff Grant of the United Church in Serena. This ends our Radio Church broadcast for today, which has come to you on Radio 4CRM. That's 107.5 FM in Mackay. And now may the God of hope 
fill you with all joy and peace as you trust in him. And may the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, the love of God, and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit be with us all now and forever. Amen. We're going to close with a lovely old hymn by Charles Wesley, Oh for a Thousand Tongues to Sing, from the York Minster Choir. God bless you and goodbye.